Welcome to the podcast. It's the worst territory in the world. Personalities, history, and other stories. We know you're craving for more knowledge. Let the champions get their glory. It's the worst territory in the world. Welcome in, everybody. It is the best time of the week to talk about possibly the worst territory in the world i'm gabe sitting here with chris chris happy 2024 here we go baby foot to the gas how was your new year's it was great i was in south padre island watching fireworks on a boat it was good doing keg stands you sent me that picture of you doing a keg stand yeah dude like i was there with my children wife and my parents it was a real party atmosphere (laughs) doing blow and drinking everything (laughs) under the sun uh it was great we had a great uh, New Year's. Though. It was fun. I'd never been to South Padre Island, uh, in, especially think? not in uh, December, or January. Um, it, it was. I mean, it's a typical. It reminds me of a lake town in Missouri during. It looked like Osage Beach in Missouri during the winter. It's like there's still like really good restaurants there, and there's stuff to do because it's like nicer weather than you know your average winter anywhere. But pretty dead. Not. I mean, I could see this is just a it's beach bars everywhere. And like, this is where you go get hammered on spring break. And like during the winter, it's pretty much, you know, quiet. Right. Right. Well, well, brother, I drove all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma to visit my favorite person in the world. Your favorite person in the world. Sam Kennison's grave. No, is he in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah, I saw his grave in Tulsa. I, really? I found it. Yeah. Oh, his shit. mom died there, so he's buried there. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. No, I went to uh, go visit my brother who um is going to come up in April who wants to stop by the winery and debate the LOD versus demolition with you. And I think we should make it a podcast because I guess of- it depends on what the debate topic is about. I mean, if you're talking <laughs> about better wrestlers then it's not even a debate. If you're talking about who got bigger pops, then you know it's LOD wins. But I but mean, who's overall, the best? Yeah, overall. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll always go demolition. So I know, I know it's gonna be great. But anyways, I went and visited him, and then our trip got cut short because unfortunately my uh, father-in-law fell ill, and he's fine now. But I came home just in time, eleven thirty, New Year's Eve. Kansas City showed up again, but this time I will say when we were playing gunshot or firework, there was more fireworks than gunshots. <laughs> they broke the murder uh record this year, though. Did we? Did we really? Did. Oh yeah. Congratulations, Kansas City. Guinness Book is coming to like certify it this week, I heard. But yeah, no, I don't know if it was firework or gunshot. I don't know if you're actually true on the gunshot less than firework. Well, I, I think I, I think from my area, which is on the outskirts of town, I it was more firework than gunshot, and it stopped at about twelve thirty. I was very proud of Raytown slash Kansas City <laughs> this year because it didn't go on till three in the morning like last year. So, ring in the new year, nothing special. I hate New Year's. I think it's the stupidest holiday on, on the planet. I don't make New Year's resolutions. I don't do none of that stuff. Like it's just dumb. I don't like I've it. been hitting the gym really hard this week and next week I'm quitting. So I, I mean, it's just a normal first week of January for me. No, I, are you, I, I was going to say, are you really hitting the gym hard? And no, no, I don't do resolutions or any of that crap. No. Um, you know, all like the a, successful people I know don't do resolutions and there's a reason <laughs> for that. Um, I, I, I guess I stopped doing that when I was like 12 or so. Right. I don't know. I, you right. were like, I'm going to be a better at personing, you know, whatever. But, um, 
Yeah, no, look, uh, Kansas City, over 180 murders this year. I don't understand the uh, the draw to wanting to murder in Kansas City more than, you know, we're talking per capita, Kansas City is way up there. St. Louis, I mean, Missouri, could you imagine Missouri, the state, being the mo- like one of the most yeah. murderous states? It's weird. It's it's absolutely bizarre. I, I So I know St. Louis is always ranked as one of the most dangerous, most violent cities in America. Also the most STDs per capita is St. Louis. Has been yeah, yeah. And that's why you ran NWL STL into the ground, because you knew that yep. the diseases were going to run rampant if the boys were turned loose there. And you were like, I'm going to squash this right now. Yeah, I didn't want everyone to get syphilis on the roster, so we had to end that real fast over right. at Casa Loma because that looked like the area that could possibly be breeding it. So, yes, we stopped. <laughs> but uh, I, I will say, I will say, I, I love Kansas City. You know, I've told you we've talked about it time and time again. I love Kansas City. Yeah, it's weird. I'm glad you do. It's weird. I, it's, it's, it's the great, to me, it's the greatest city ever i i have so much hope and and put i i see and and the murders the concentration of the murders do happen in only one or two areas the concentration they happen all over the city but the murders do typically happen in certain areas so it's not like the entire i feel like and this could totally be wrong and uh kld and a bunch of st louis wrestlers might get mad at me but i feel like st louis is just murder everywhere like when I drive, when I used to drive around St. Louis, I'm like, I feel like I could get murdered at any corner, and I don't feel like that in Kansas City, but it's also my home. So, and I'm probably totally wrong. So, no, I no, I think most people would agree with that. But I mean, to be fair, per capita, it's probably unfair to St. Louis to say that you're much more scared of being in St. Louis than Kansas City. I don't understand it at all, and um, I do, I. I, you know, we've been to East St. Louis with wrestling. Yeah. We've been to, I mean, there's been part, there are parts that are really bad, but there's parts are really good to it. Kansas and every town's like that. I get that. But Kansas city is just super weird to be that high. I, I can only blame it on our, uh, our mayor and other things that are happening. But anyway, uh, totally agree. Totally agree. But you know, what isn't weird, Chris is wrestling wrestling in 2023 we saw many highs many lows this podcast we did a lot of great interviews we bantered about many great things 2023 was a year of cm punk 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 what's going on punk 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 aew wwe languishing mediocrity changing hands going to endeavor there's a lot of things going on in 2023 but before we get to our, so what I want to do today is I want to talk about what we think is going to happen in 2024. We're going to lay out a couple of predictions that probably aren't going to be accurate at all because wrestling is an ever-changing landscape. But I think we're going to have fun with it. But before we get to that, one thing that I also did for my New Year's is I saw the Iron Claw. Now, I, you know, look, <laughs> the buildup of the Iron Claw, <laughs> what were you going to say? I said, I don't want Trevor Murdoch to listen to this at all. <laughs> yeah, if you have an issue or you have any comments on the Iron Claw, don't talk about it out loud because Trevor Murdoch will get pissed. But um, the the Iron Claw, I you know, going into it, like everyone's like, you're gonna see it. You're a wrestling fan. I'm like, uh, I don't. Well, know. we watched like, the trailer on here because I was just, I was excited. I but you know, you had other people in your life asking you to pry about it and stuff, and I'm just sort of like. Um, I, look, this has been done to death. This is like hard for a wrestling fan to watch from the standpoint of 
uh, we know the true story because we're like nerds in this field. So, you know, we, and we've seen 50 documentaries about it and everyone talking about it and Kevin Von Eric talking about it and all these other people talking about it. So it's like, you know, whatever they do in Hollywood's obviously going to be factually incorrect. It's like the same way I listened sure. to like Cornette and Brian last watch dark side of the ring. You know, it's like, if they know the people in the times and all this, who's when they're watching uh, Young Rock, you know, they had such a problem with like the factual. Yeah, Andre the Giant yeah. was never there when Macho Man was there. You know, it's like, and I feel like that's how wrestling fans are going to be. And they were, you know, according to Chris Von Eric and, and the, uh, the, um, depiction of flair and just, just several things that people are going to have a problem with if you're a huge wrestling nerd. But going into it, did you have high hopes? Absolutely. And and because I really obviously the the trailer drug me in like it's supposed to, I knew that it wasn't going to be, oh my gosh, that's exactly what happened. They sure. actually did do this and this. But in the same token, you're supposed to present a story the the whole crux of the story is the Von Erichs and the tragedy that befell nine out of the 10 brothers. And I'm just obviously being facetious. There wasn't 10 brothers, but that there's only one surviving brother. So how do you get from point A to point B? And I was, I was expecting embellishments and all this other kind of stuff. And it is hard to take a step back as a wrestling fan. So you're already kind of fighting uphill battle, but I still, cause I love Jeremy Allen White who played Carrie Von Erich. His show, The Bear, is one of my is maybe my favorite show on television right now. I thought I, he's a phenomenal actor, so I was kind of stoked on that. So, anyways, I go into this movie, and uh, I was so you know with high hopes, and I was like, you know, this is gonna be a good you know look and a good uh, dramatic depiction of the Von Erics. And what I got was just an uh, it just didn't. From the perspective of someone that doesn't know wrestling at all, I don't understand why I would deeply care about anyone but Kevin Von Erich. Like they kind, they everything else was so glossed over. And one of the funny things is they kind of painted the NWA board of directors as like the bad guy. So Fritz Von Erich <laughs> and the NWA board of directors are the bad guy in this movie. Um, sorry, uh, spoilers in three, two, one zoom five minutes past i don't care anyways so so they they fritz is obsessed with getting the title in the von eric family he's obsessed with it and he and they they've been holding him down for years in the nwa board of directors they just won't bring the champ there you know again factually incorrect whatever i don't care but fritz von eric first of all as a villain was kind of a slave driver in the way that like he was demanding. He wanted the boys to be in pro wrestling. He was a hard ass. But to be like the main villain was kind of I didn't I didn't think he was that villainous. I was just like, yeah, he sucks. He's kind of a sucky guy. But that was the problem. He wasn't I, I didn't see any demons flying out of his head. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is a monster. Like, why would he treat his sons like this? It was like he was just kind of like he would compare the sons and like, oh, you can lose your favor with me and all this other kind of stuff. And I was just like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's not a villain. You know, so, what I mean? uh, so you bring a couple of things up here. Number one, yeah. uh, the the choice of uh, how much kayfabe to actually deal with on a Hollywood movie when it comes to wrestling. You know, is, is Fritz going to be like, look, you're going to go out there and you're going to get the pin off this and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, how much were they going to show of that versus like, you know, sort of 
still keeping it a little bit of a show. And then the second part is, I guess Kevin Von Erich has come out and said that they depicted his dad way too mean or, you know, way too villainous than he actually was in real life. Um, you know, again, I, I feel like, uh, this movie and Fritz von Erich is probably going to be not that he doesn't deserve this to a degree, but he is going to be depicted a little bit more like a, a villain based on the times we're in now versus the times when they were doing this, That's you know, back, back when that generation, uh, Fritz's generation was there, it was still sort of a man's man thing. And like, you yeah. followed your dad into the family business. And like, you know, I mean, we've seen it with the Hart family. We've seen it with multiple families through the years in wrestling, especially if you're a nerd like us, you, you'd like, you know, all the wrestling families. So, um, and usually it has something to do with somewhat of a slave driving dad, uh, getting his kids into it uh, right. either by force or by, uh, just like, what, do you not love me? You know, type of situation. So, um, you know, so, but, but there was no, like, and I understand what you're saying, but there was no, like, it wasn't like Fritz was slapping him around and being like, you son, you know, berating them. He was just like, you got to work hard and be the best. It's like it disappointment. Was, it's it's yeah. It's back when kids actually cared about not disappointing their parents. You right. Know, that's that. Yeah. Right. And so and, it's hard for people to understand that now. So and so so th that was one issue, and I, I'm gonna you know I'll gloss over the other stuff, but that was one issue. The other one is like really, if you want to tell the story. So the other sub arc of the story was everyone leapfrogging uh, Kevin for one reason or another. Everyone always said David was the most multifaceted, talented one. Carrie had the looks and the promo. and But Kevin was the solid one, and he kept getting leapfrogged over by his brothers, right? Whether it's the NWA title and all that kind of stuff. And I think they should have, like, really kind of dialed it more into, like, okay, so David dies of this tragic intestine thing in, in Japan. After that, it should have been, like, the Carrie and Kevin show because – you know, from all accounts, and I think this would have been compelling from a non-wrestling viewpoint, from all accounts, Carrie was a raging drug addict, like a real bad drug addict. Yeah. And all they showed was like a couple times of a little like sniff. And like they didn't even hint at the fact that he was a drug addict. It was I mean, they did. And then like he comes to Christmas one year and he yells at every he yells at his dad, and then he stops. And then that was your like clue, supposedly, that he's like getting out of control. They don't talk about how hard it must have been on Kevin for him to go to the WWF after winning, winning the NWA title over him. They don't talk about any of that. There's kind of this like, he's like, oh, sorry, brother. And he's like, oh, it's okay. So there was no like when, uh, spoiler alert, when Kerry kills himself, it's sad because someone ended their life. It's not sad because of this this rivalry or this bond that these brothers had, they did do an okay job of showing the bond, but it's like, it, it's just when Carrie kills himself, it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. He like makes a phone call to Kevin and he's like, the curse has got me. So they refer to the other bad guy in the movie is the curse, which I didn't think the curse was talked about until after a lot of the deaths had happened. But he talks about the curse like it's, it's happened since the onset of their lives. And he's like, the curse has got me, brother. I can't go on anymore. And it's like, wait, why can't you go on anymore? Is it the curse? It just comes out of nowhere. So it's not like you see Carrie well, battling. Well, was the last one, right? Carrie's the final brother to die. Yes, the correct. Brothers have died. So, correct. I mean, at that point, maybe there was talked about a curse. I mean, there was, sure. there was Mike, Chris, and David all gone at that point. I can see why that was possibly talked about. Who were the... 
I haven't looked at that deep mm-hmm. into this. I, I'm not a big Zach Efron like lover, so uh, I don't I don't celebrate his entire catalog. So the like I wonder who the people were that were helping with because Kevin wasn't involved. I hear so like who was the who I know James Beard the ref was involved. He was. Who were the ones involved with the story of this? You know, like how did they did, did you ever look into that? Like no. who's the creative consultants? No, I didn't. Um, I. I, I and that and that's maybe what and yes the harley imitation was awful the rick not as bad as the flair apparently the flair one is trash it is and obviously he couldn't say woo because that's trademark so he went woo like a like a wolf like a weird wolf i just think it's funny that um i i just don't know who was going to pull off uh rick flair hulk hogan stone cold the rock who could pull off any of those people because they're such huge you know, bigger than life's personalities. I mean, it would be horrible whoever did it. And Bruiser Brody was tiny, as with the rest of the Von Erics. The one they got right was David. David was a tall, in the movie, was a tall, semi-good-looking, good-shaped guy. T- way taller than everybody else. Way taller than Kevin and way taller than Carrie. They, it, so as a wrestling fan, it is so hard because Carrie... In this movie, is five six, one hundred sixty five pounds, soaking wet. Referees towering over him. Everybody's towering over him. That's why they had. To, I'm sure they had to scale down Bruiser Brody because all the actors are tiny. Zac Efron, in it, although super jacked, like alarmingly jacked in this movie, he's on the same protocol as The Rock. Chicken and rice, bro. Chicken sure. and just, rice and and prayers and vitamins. Yeah, prayers but, and vitamins. Lots of vitamins. Uh, I thought when when this movie was first talked about, I thought for sure Efron was going to be Carrie because he was getting like ripped, and I thought he sort of has a Carrie's like yeah, you know eyes and stuff. Like I just thought yeah, good looking guy. Like Carrie when I was a kid, Carrie Von Erich to me was the one that obviously stood out as the yeah. guy that looked like you know a, a, a Ultimate Warrior clone. You know he looked like a, a just a ripped Greek god, and you know not that uh, I mean all the you know Kevin's just ripped. He's just super lean and has always yeah. been like very ripped like now way but you know kevin didn't have the looks that carrie did carrie was the good looking dude so i thought carrie was always going to be and i understand why you're going to base the the story around the lone surviving brother but uh efron i thought should have just physically it seemed like he should have been cast as, as carrie i to- totally agree and like they didn't they they kind of went into the fact that how he lost his foot and how hard that was going to be but they didn't dive into how hard that could have been and making it to the wwf and like there was so much meat left on the bone that I think would have made a more compelling story just between Kevin and Carrie alone. I think they left a lot of things out and it's just the acting wasn't stunning or superb. Like I heard it was like I heard Zach Efron gives this Oscar worthy performance. He's probably I've never seen any of his other movies. No bullshit. Never seen any Zach Efron movies. Maybe one of his the one with Rob Lowe was that that's the body switch comedy. Not the uh, not the Disney musicals. You didn't watch those. Yeah, no, I, I missed okay. those little, little, a okay. uh, little before uh, past my time. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. Overall, man, disappointed. Would not, wouldn't pay to go see it again. Would not recommend anybody goes to pay to see it. Just wait for it to come out. Make your own call. I'm sorry, Trevor. This wasn't meant to like. I, I, I don't want to upset you or anything. Like you know who got it all right, Dan Geyer. But the thing I needed to ask you about, though, was like, are you just seeing this from the viewpoint of a wrestling fan? Like, take yourself out of being a wrestling dork and like, go watch it, you know, watch it as the story unfolds. And just I mean, because I got to be honest, I got several calls from friends or texts that I hadn't talked to in years, but they know about my past and wrestling. So they'll be like, I mean, they're messaging me 
Dude, oh my God, just got out of the Iron Claw. My dad, my son, and I are all just just can't stop talking about it. I think if you're, again, we're too close to it. I think if this was done about, you know, I don't know, some badminton champion or something, we we would be more like, oh, it was a really good movie. As opposed to, you know, like I said, and it's, it's, it's going to happen because if you know too much about the subjects, I saw people... Dennis McCaws, uh, who's you know a drill instructor, longtime wrestler in um, the Midwest. Here, uh, he's I see him every year at Cauliflower Alley. He said that it really bothered him that Harley Race was portrayed right-handed and had no tattoos because he he trained under Harley, knows everything about Harley. No, you know Harley's left hands is the, yeah. known for. And um, so, if you're a wrestling guy, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of things to pick apart. Oh my god. The most ever, but I will say this is going to be the most pretentious thing you've heard me say in weeks. Um, I consider myself a movie guy too. I love movies. I love, 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 love movies. I love a good movie. Um, actually, me and my friend Trinity have m- most of our threads are about like our our Mount Rushmore certain types of genres and movies. Um, I I don't think I would have enjoyed it as just a standalone movie. I don't, I, I, there's too many holes in like, again, why, I don't know why I should care so much about it. It just, it felt like an undeveloped story, but that could become that could be coming from the fact that I do know that there's such more of a story underneath. I think you know too much of it. I think you know too much. I'm not, I I would like to get perspectives from like wrestling and non-wrestling fans that just sort of saw it out of the blue. Cause I think people that saw it, are more like, oh my God, this I've never heard of the Von Eric family, but all of them died. You know, like right. I just I just don't think uh we don't we can't even get into that perspective anymore. Yeah, so it's really hard true. for us to be um you know not uh overly critical about it. I mean, so what is the best wrestling movie of all time? Oh. What's your favorite go-to wrestling movie? I mean, uh, you know, for cheesiness factor and comp- I mean it is hard to watch because it is cheesy as hell but because i love the a team and because i like wrestling body slam was always one that i watched as a child (laughs) but it is really bad to watch unless you have like a you know a past fandom of it uh you know most people that didn't know anything about wrestling just couldn't get over the wrestler of course with mickey rorick i thought that was a fantastic movie i mean and that, that seemingly portrayed uh that you know wrestling better than than most things but uh Hasn't been a ton of wrestling movies. Uh, I guess a better question would be what would be the best wrestling documentary? Because again, you're taking real life subjects because you, if you go into wrestling, not documentaries, you're talking about really slim pickings and really bad movies like no holds barred. One of my all time favorite comedies ever. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hogan is at his all time. Well, not his all time, but he's pretty damn cheesy in that movie, but you know, body slams up there too with that. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I would have to say, like, honestly, one of my all-time favorite wrestling documentaries, honestly, is the Dusty Rhodes one. I, I can go back to that one. All the, I just love the Dusty Rhodes documentary. I don't know How if any of those. the destruction of the uh, Ultimate Warrior? That one's fantastic. <laughs> the that, self-destruction. I, I, still, I still have that on DVD. Oh, of course. When Edge and Christian are doing their, their best impressions of them. <laughs> that, um, I think... Um, take control my favorite my favorite legitimate like documentary would just because it encapsulates uh a time a short time that i just thought was like the pinnacle of wrestling in many ways when in my life was uh, wrestling with shadows because 
it yeah. covered like and wrestling with shadows was the the main reason I questioned the Montreal screw job being a work or shoot because I just thought it was way too damn convenient that these people were at the uh WWE headquarters uh, television Tell headquarters me. uh picking out footage post Bret Hart uh it, you know p- post everything happening uh, with the Montreal screw job um, and I just thought, why would they allow them in here? I mean, they might have had some kind of legal document that said they could or what. I don't know what it said. I just thought it was like very odd that they were putting that together post the screw job and like maybe like two months before they started a few months before. And uh, but that that era of wrestling, 90, my, my buddies and I always argue um, either like 80, what we say, 89 or. 97 are our favorite wrestling years. Oh, and, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because, mostly because of Sean and Brett. 89. Mm, good year. It was year. great. Um, uh, Beyond the Mat. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Beyond the Mat. What a... Yeah. Really? It's, a, it's, a, it's good. The The more you watch it, though, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's become a caricature of itself to me a little bit. With, really? Uh, I'm not booked. Yeah, yeah. I just like I haven't watched it in a long time to be honest. The Jake Roberts like just pilled out of his head. Like, um, uh, it, it was very real. I mean, it got a lot of act. I mean, it, it was it was fun to watch because so many you know you had Mick Foley's kids crying and uh, Terry Funk going and find out he had no cartilage and you know there's a lot of like moving moments in that one. And you get to see New Jack trying to become an actor, which is yep. the best part of the movie. When they're like, "I can see you being Denzel's like partner or brother, oh yeah, yeah or yeah, something," yeah. so freaking bad, dude. I love dude New Jack. Um, I, we're going on tangents here, but New Jack, uh, his, I, I will argue that if I could watch just one Dark Side of the Ring <laughs> over and over, it would probably maybe be New Jack's because it was just, uh. The the capper was the dude, the final dude that he was going to prison, you know, jail, and he might have gone to prison if the guy in Florida would have just kept him there. But yeah. he, the, I think it was Florida, yeah, was Florida, Carolinas. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that was Florida. And then instead, he's like, "Hey, brother, why don't we take this around the country?" And we can <laughs> and make a the lot guy money. bought it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> just bail me out, and I'll be there. And he never returned, dude. <laughs> just so good, just so good. Oh, dude, I if you sat me down in a chair and said, "One guy." shoot interviews all day who are you watching new jack all day i will watch new jack shoot interviews all day because he is the from the stuff that our video did with balls mahoney i don't know if you ever saw that stuff wild dude and then him talking about his his love affair with terry runnels when they were in a relationship wild everything so he's really has. graphic about terry's genitals and all that so dude. like i remember that i don't remember the ball i don't remember the ball, balls mahoney or blue meanie what'd you say no balls mahoney balls Mahoney. i don't remember that one i just remember just the just the multiple u shoots and <laughs> yeah. rfs oh and all God. these that were like he was just i mean his retelling every time of vic grimes throwing him off is, is just like unbelievable incredible I mean, and mass transit you know oh, like, dude. Just, there's just so many major like i mean that dude honestly should have been in prison like yeah. he should, like but he was not because of wrestling i mean this is why if you are if you hate somebody if you just hate people and you just want to inflict pain and like make people just pay get into wrestling 
start doing hardcore matches and then you can uh uh then you could just claim like well i didn't mean to slice him open i that's what it was called that's the match part, part of the script yeah that's i mean and that's, script, the, that's defensible a lot of times so like it's it's crazy but yes uh i used i always used to say it was like my top four were honky tonk man kevin nash jim Cornette, and new jack those four are all great oh guys. dude those are great excellent picks especially honky tonk man i think he goes um, he shot his load, dude. Honky's like been MIA for years now, but he did like a hundred in like about a three year span, and they were all great. Oh my god, oh. they were all fantastic. Just <clears throat> you know who was a wild one? Jamie Dundee. Those were those were some wild ones too. Um, he did. Wh- Jamie Dundee did an interview recently with uh, Dirty Dutch on his podcast. If you, you should listen to that one, I mean, he tells he, these stories. He's still he's, drugged out of his gourd. Oh God, he's the same as he always was. That yeah. same as he was with the shirt off when he was doing the like the U shoe. Oh yeah. He's just like just he's like half naked, just like talking about. I uh, I mean, it's the amount of drugs and alcohol and fights and like just the kind of stuff he got in trouble for. Oh my God. How's he alive? I don't but know. He's, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to live forever. Like he's just going to be, he's man, those, those backwoods dudes, like, cause he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a hillbilly. They can do a lot to their bodies and they just they just keep on going. They it just... used to be well, he can be added to it. It used to be always Jake Roberts, Ric Flair, or uh, you know, Scott Hall. I was like, these three are gonna live forever, but then Scott Hall passed away. But I Jake Roberts, you know, the the when you look back in like 20 years at Jake Roberts' life after he dies, like he gets back with Cheryl Roberts when he's whatever. He yes. Is now, which is so weird. And he looks, he's put on a ton of weight. I don't think he's doing DDP yoga anymore. I saw a picture of him the other day and uh, he's got new hair, new teeth. You know I mean? Just yeah. Like, what a dude. There was a, I cannot find this match. There were, I, I think I told you about this before and I, I just can't get the image out of my head. When I was trying to book him for Metro pro early on, he was like, I mean, so like in bad shape that it was, it was sad, but it was like, it's Jake Roberts though, you know? So, um, he did, there's this one video I watched where he, there was a, there was a ring out in the middle of like a field with a few trees. It looked like a juggalo thing, but there was like 20 people there maybe. And they call him out. He walks out. There's a dude in the ring. He gets in like short, you know, short armed, you know, clothesline do, does like three moves, finishes of course with the DDT. Pins him, walks out. That's it. That was the entire sh- – and it was, like, at his height of, like, drug use and, like, times that he probably doesn't even remember what he was doing at that time. Who was booking his stuff, I have no idea. And that was uh, – And but to see him come from that to where he is now, amazing. It really is. Dude, the Cheryl Roberts thing, when I saw that on Instagram, I, w- I, w- I was literally going, no way. No way. He was, like, my beautiful wife. And I was, like – I was, like – Wait, they're fucking back together. I was it's like, amazing, that's insane. I was like, good for him though. Especially good. if you followed the whole like Rick Rude tights with their face on it to now. I mean, there's been a lot of road there, <laughs> dude. So insane. I by the way, one last thing about New Jack. That's so funny. We were talking about him for some reason on my YouTube feed today. I saw Paul Heyman's tribute to New Jack on Talking Smack, and ever since I've known more about him by talking to you, I'm like, come on, dude. Like the, the emotion, the emotion. Oh like, yeah, he's like making oh, yeah. the egg. <laughs> it's like he, Paul he, Heyman is an awesome like actor. He's an actor. He really is. He's, he is. he's absolutely full fledged gimmick actor. Um, he can act, dude. You, you've never seen anything until you've seen Paul Heyman pitch stuff in a meet in a creative meeting to Vince, where he's like oh. really passionate about it. He's oh. like, 
Vince, I must tell you that the, you know, I mean, just the way he just does it, it was it's <laughs> like uh it's like, you know, it's like Nicholson on the stand and like a few good men, you know. It's like what <laughs> right, are you like what right. an acting job? And like, of course, you had to be in the room to see like Vince and Stephanie like roll their eyes, you know. Like, I mean, there was a real like love hate with all those guys, oh, you know, sure. because he's I mean, they're all in this like screwed up world of pro wrestling and they they all like have to learn to love each other and live with each other but I, he was yeah he was up there but his his, his 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 old jerome young like he does the yeah. x at the end i'm like oh my god dude i mean i, I just want to know oh, like good. the people that spent that i want to know like the guys that spent all their time with him and like that he owes hundreds of thousands of dollars to like how they feel about him when he's like putting on this act right much like he he was the guy like his biggest thing was not so much creative as that he was just a awesome motivational speaker you know like right. everyone and he could get that. people yep. and and so like when he uh you know when he was probably telling them like well i know you're not i know your checks aren't cashing but you know <laughs> we need to go out there for the fans you know and like how often he did that and got these guys riled up to go do it for years and now these guys like die penniless and they're like he still owes me eighty thousand dollars you know and i'm like well i mean but they still act like they love him so yeah, yeah good for him good, good for, for him. him so speaking of paul Heyman, roman reigns the Rock. The Rock makes his big return to Raw, not not to a surprise of pretty much anybody. But Goff, I was talking about this with my brother. I feel right now WWE is the most stacked it's been in 20 years. Um, it's the most stacked since the ruthless aggression era. So you're right, it'd be 20 years. I mean, like, dude, when I was there, when we left, you know, like around my era, like 010203, coming out of Attitude Era, going into what they now call ruthless aggression. When you had, I mean, you remember those rosters, dude. Oh, that my was God. just the the years following WCW crashing and like having all those guys on the roster. I mean, and that was Kurt Angle was there. I mean, I had all the old Star stalwarts from uh, WWF, but also like all the new blood and yeah, all the hungry dudes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was so stacked then. Um, so I would say it's this much stacked since for at least 15, 20 years, I'd say mid two thousands, it was probably started going down a little bit, but, uh, I mean the fact that I will tell you this, this, I didn't think this was possible to have, um, another WrestleMania in like post sort of attitude era that had, like at least two huge matches that you're like, oh my God. And sort of like returns to a degree of, you know, whether it's the rock or, or punk or, uh, you know, even like Cody to a degree. I mean, you have like some guys that haven't wrestled there in a while, some guys that you want to see what they're going to do with. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, I didn't think it was impossible because you've gone through now, you've exhausted all the old guys you can bring back a hundred times, Hulk Hogan, you know, Austin rock is still, I, I don't know if it's as much the rock coming back as in a, a, a you know, like 10 years ago, it would have been like, Oh my God, the rock is back. Now I feel it's more like, Oh my gosh, rocks coming back to fight this guy that is now on a level to that, you know, like what's right. going to happen. Right. I don't really feel like this is the rock show. Now it's sort of like, what are they going to do with Roman and rock? Because Roman has built himself in such a, you know, like a huge star here now that yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, which is a different way that rock has been brought back since he left. Yeah. So that and that's kind of the, again perfect dovetail into the fact that let's do some 2020 2024 predictions. What are they going to do with the rock? How long is the rock going to be around, Chris? I mean, I don't really see the rock staying around more than past mania. I mean, he's going to be doing stuff through the first quarter of the year. 
I, you know, the, the only thing that was a surprise necessarily was, was it going to be last year? Was it going to be this year? Was it going to be next year? You know, you don't, you didn't really know. I mean, the rocks rumor has been going around for a while, but you know, I thought he was going to show up last year. Cause it's like, okay, perfect scenario. You got, you know, rider strike, all this stuff going down the last year. Maybe he's going to come do this, but right. then he didn't. So I'm like, okay, but now he's here, which is cool. Um, I would assume at the end, uh, I don't know if they're going to do a quick title switch here. I, I doubt it. Like, I doubt he's going to drop it on the way to Mania and then get it back as far as Roman. Um, I I think this is intriguing. It's intriguing. You don't know what they're going to do. I, I think it's a short-term play for Rock here because he's got a lot of other stuff going on, and he's just going to do this to help a, a family member and sort of like, you know, have another chapter in his career that's cool that he comes back to be a part of a big angle. But um, – does I mean, he draw? I, I, does he lose? Is, is is or is this? To me, it's one of those situations where Rock is going to pass the torch to Roman Reigns. I don't see a world where Rock wins. No, I don't see a world where Rock wins either. I don't necessarily think he has to pass the torch. I mean, he's like Roman's already has the torch, in my opinion. Right. I feel like this is just another great. This this to me, this is what I was talking about. As far as like when I was there on the writing team, it was like Vince would be like. Okay, met WrestleMania is in six months. I want you guys to come up with a list of all the guys that like dream matches, matches and guys that could come back that would make a, a difference. And that was always really exciting for a, a, a fan because you're like, hey, especially at that time. Th this is where I, you know, I could argue it's just I'm getting old. So like, it's like, uh, well, I don't, I'm, I've lost touch. But to me, it's like the people, like you said, in the last 15 years, 90% of the ones that have come and gone in the last 15 years, I could give a crap if they ever come back again in any capacity, you know? Uh, but there are people like the Cena's, the, the Batista, the guys that have gone on to do a little bit of something else somewhere else. And they come back, um, you know, but you don't have the machos, the flares, the Hogan's that come back anymore. The stone cold, you know, we know his limitations. He comes back for steam. That was cool. I mean, everyone thought it was going to be, uh, he might come back and wrestle punk, you know, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Uh, but I just, I feel like, I feel like this is a scenario where rock is just gonna, uh, you know, just help solidify, uh, Roman reigns by coming in and, and losing to Roman and, uh, you know, putting him back trying to put him up on the pedestal as much as he can to get on his level. Who does? So 2024 prediction rock is in rock is out helps put uh Roman reigns over who, if anybody goes over on Roman WrestleMania. God, I mean, the story has been uh, the story's been Rhodes. So I mean, I, it's got. Are they going to finish this quote unquote? Finish the story. I don't know. I don't know. Like, are they going to milk it another year? <laughs> I don't know. You know. I mean, you sit here and like, uh, weren't, God, was I reading the the other day? That is the is the dude that was down in MLW? Is he wrapping up so he could maybe come in? Alex I mean, Hammerstone. Some, no, the uh, the the Samoan. Um, oh, Fatu, Jacob Fatu. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, it seemed like I would read there were several guys in the pipeline, whether it's Rock's daughter or, you know, other family members that can be brought into this for another year or two. You know, there's so many extenuating family members here. Well, and it could also be Haku's kids. You know, there's plenty of other yeah. guys that could be brought yeah. into this and be like, you know, they could bring Haku back to be like in the corner of his, you know, sons that are now helping fight Roman, but then they join him. And I mean, I mean, part of me is like, I don't want to see it end because I feel like they could just keep going Agreed. for a while. Agreed. Um, and I know that's uh, like really. Annoying Roman's to reign has <laughs> Roman's reign. 
Roman's reign has got to end. It's got to. Now, rumor has it that they're going to keep it on him so he can beat Hogan's like five year run or yeah, whatever. Do you think or, they think about that? I, I I don't know. Maybe they I don't do. think so. I, I I really think they're they know what they're doing as far as the story goes. Like in, in this instance, you know, WWE does a lot of things poorly, but one thing they've been doing right lately is stories, dude, the story, a lot of those stories are on point. Now the in-ring action, eh, you know, we talked about it last time, maybe not somebody's cup of tea, but man, the stories are on point. So I think, I think personally that, uh, so WrestleMania has got to be two nights, right? This year again, it's always going to be. Yeah. I think it's always going to be from now on. I, I can't see it going back to one at this point. I mean, there's so much meat on the bone here for like dream matches and stuff. I I honestly believe that, yes, I think Cody Rhodes is going to win the title at Mania. I just, there, and everyone thinks, no, because he's being pushed down. I, I don't think so, dude. I, I, I really think they're building this the right way. And I think they're that's... trying to make it less predictable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, which is good. So. I, so I think Cody Cody wins the title at Mania. Um, I don't think they're going to push it. I because I think they're getting to that boiling point where the fans are ready, really, really ready now. I think they were ready last year, but then they saw kind of where it was going, and they yeah. liked the whole Sami Zayn thing, and they let it ride out a little bit more. Now, unless they do some more genius stuff like that, I really think it's going to be um, Cody Rhodes. Now, with that being said, Goff, who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble this year? Men Gosh, and I women. Let's. I let's... haven't thought about that. I haven't thought. But give me your predictions. All right. So I really believe that. I know this is crazy. And this is going out on a limb. I believe CM Punk's going to win the Royal Rumble. Um. I mean, and, and to he's going to call his shot for Seth Rollins at Mania. To me, that's not super out of the blue because I mean that would be the most formulaic way of going about it at this point. I, I which feel means like. it's not going to happen. <laughs> Usually not. I mean, <laughs> right. I feel like WWE did a great job of downplaying Punk coming in. They put out things saying like, "Yeah, well, they have no desire to see him there or whatever," and then he shows up and makes everyone look stupid, aka you know the dirt sheets. So, uh, I you know I feel like that to me would uh, make the most sense. You know, I mean, uh, you know, as far as a um, easy storytelling with no swerves. Um, yeah. Because I mean, look, dude, is it just me or is like Punk just seems like so? He just seems more relaxed and happy and like even younger acting since he's come back. I mean, now granted, we haven't had to. Uh, I I feel he has. I, he just looks better. Well, I, I'll I'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead. Keep going. I, I feel like I feel like he just. Uh, I don't know my interact the interactions I see him on uh, social media and just when he's on television. Um, he just looks uh I, I think it's just the way he's like what it's just the way he cuts his hair now. I don't know. He just looks different than he did when he was at AEW. As far as he looks younger and a little bit fresher than he did. Now, granted, he's had some injuries and he's been able to sit out a while, but um I just look forward to him having us I, I don't like like we talked about before his run doesn't have to be much longer for it to be considered a big success to me i think it's already a success that he's come back yeah. um yeah. Uh, i don't expect it it's funny all these people are like just start the clock he's gonna cause issues he's gonna leave i'm like he has already come back and paid a a bigger role in terms of just major storytelling than he ever did in AEW because that's because no one in AEW knows how to tell a big story so he came in and worked a bunch of, you know, it was CM Punk wanted to work younger guys when he went to AEW just to help, you know, 
get them a little bit more experience, get in there with a guy that, of his stature, not necessarily put them all over because what does that do for anybody really necessarily if they're not really ready to be a champ or something. But uh, he's that was to me, that's a really simple, easy way to use punk if you're not really sure of what you should do with them. But the way they're going to use him in WWE is the way he should be used, which is he is a, a, a shit stir and he's going to uh, play a major role in major shows. And, um, you know, I, I think regardless of how long he lasts, and maybe 2024 is his only year there. You don't know. But uh, it's already a, a – a, the, the fact that this guy can wrestle just a handful of times, not really, and uh, still be, like, on everyone's tip of their tongue basically every week for over, I don't know, going on two years. Going on two years, amazing. yeah. Yeah, yeah. amazing. I mean, okay, here's what I'm going to say about that. I, I uh, You know me unapologetic CM Punk Mark, right? Unapologetic, like love CM Punk. However, I will say the happiness thing seems a little like I got skeptical hippo eyes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, are you like, are you really that happy? Cause like, did you have a, I mean, it could be a case of you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. Or till, you know, when you come back and you're just like, wow, like it's run like a professional company. I I'll do a thousand, you know, runs in this. Then I would go back to that wherever I was in AEW. So it could be a little bit of that, but it just seems like he's really on his best behavior yet. Cause he's super smiley and he's like, and every, I mean, everyone in, in the locker rooms, outside the locker rooms kind of knows old CM Punk is kind of a curmudgeon, you know, and rightfully so like he's, He's earned the right to be a curmudgeon. And to all of a sudden have the switch flip to where he's not a curmudgeon anymore, I got skeptical hippo eyes. I'm just kind of like, meh. I think uh, I think you hit on all of it. I think, first of all, him coming in as a baby face and like sort of being over the top with it is going to like be a nice turn when he ends up being like a dick at some point. I So I think that's part of a character thing. I think he has a lot of depth to like what he tries to do, regardless if you like him in the ring or whatever. The one thing I can say I've always enjoyed about Punk is that he is just a huge shit stir and like he can flip on a dime whether he's a, he, he knows how to like seamlessly go from like a huge villain to like a over the top baby face and like no right. problem. Same same promo i mean he's the only guy that can really go out there and like cut a babyface promo and then sort of shit on the crowd being like how about my blackhawks beating your predators or whatever and like they shit on him and then he smiles and then he gets him back in the palm of his hand like two minutes later i mean that's right. just like I, I like that about him but i do honestly think after talking to people that knew him and you know mutual friends that we all have i feel that he was just mentally sort of screwed up after being an aw for a very long time and if you're in that situation where you're at his level and you go to a company and you're not a corporate ass kisser. You're there to like sort of see this is what cracks me up, dude. Everyone calls him a big shit stir. He just wanted to do what's right. And he wanted to do it in a way that he doesn't have to kiss corporate ass and go in there and like uh, try to do something good, uh, whether for his own legacy or for the company's legacy. It doesn't matter. Uh, cause I feel like they're both going to be positive. Uh, it, the same thing will be met if you go for either one of those. And, um, I, you know, I just think he thought, saw how fucking stupid it was run over there. And as many people have said, but I think he was the only one that had enough clout to sort of call it out and on the carpet like he did. And I just think it screwed him up. So after coming back and, uh, you know, sort of, I mean, I think we've all been there, dude, you, you hate your former employer, but then you go somewhere else and it's 10 times worse. 
And then you're like, you go back to your former employer if they're the only two employees in the country because it's the only ones you have. Right. And you're like, okay, it is a little bit of like, I, I do think there's that. I do think there's like, Vince is gone. The place is a little bit different. It's a little bit more corporate, which is always shitty, but it's different now. Uh, Triple H, who uh, was the one that, you know, brokered the deal with Bruno Sammartino coming back. And like, he's a guy that likes to mend fences as much or maybe even more than Vince did. Cause Vince I think was so. Vince Bender, too. That's he learned that from Vince. You know, Vin, this is what Tony will never get. Tony doesn't understand, like, who gives a shit if you don't like CM Punk? He's the one that's drawing you ratings and money, and you're selling more merch with him than anybody. Find a way to make it fucking work. Find in a the way. Ring. That's Find the way. And as, as opposed to putting up with the EVPs that are like mid to low card dipshits, putting out press releases for their dumbass wife who's not making their freaking shitty t shirts anymore. Their t shirts like, are shitty. I just, it, well, uh, the, they weren't for a while, I guess, on the indies because she got a little, you know, I guess she, she got a lot of credibility from her, her, her husband and brother doing that. But, um, I just like that, that is like small time thinking, you know, yeah. and that's just the problem that, uh, that they're going to have and that they're always going to have with Tony in charge, obviously. I mean, he's done it multiple times now. So, uh, why would you not let it work out with, uh, Cody Rhodes, you know, like, not to say Cody Rhodes is – I don't think Cody Rhodes, in my opinion, is ever or will ever be at like a CM Punk level because uh, I that's just me talking. I, maybe you disagree with that. I, I feel like no matter what Cody Rhodes does, just because of the era, it's not it's not really feasible to be at the level that Punk was because Punk, I feel, was at the sort of the back end of the era where you could be a huge megastar and everyone mm. sort of knew you nationally yeah. as opposed to now you can be a huge star in wrestling and nobody knows who you are like an LA Knight. Like no one like no one knows who LA Knight is if you walk down the street here. Right. You know? But right. Uh, but wrestling fans know who the hell he is. And I think that Cody was sort of in that era where he's not. He'll, he'll be a big star in wrestling, but I don't feel like people are going to say like, oh, that's Cody Rhodes. Unless they, you know, look at his neck. I, you know, oh God, what a horrible tattoo. I've got horrible tattoos and he's got horrible tattoos. Um, the one thing I will say is Cody's done a remarkable job. I we I still kind of view him as mid-card, but because of his reinvention of himself, I can buy him carrying the title now. And that's that 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 says a lot. I it sure. I, you know I I gotta say, man. I when I, I wanted to ask you something. Well, this kind of will go into that. We'll put our predictions on the sidebar for a minute. Like, I see a difference with Triple H running the company and Nick Khan. I do. In what I just way? Do. Like, I feel that everybody is uh, even on commentary because I pay attention to commentary because I fancy myself a commentator. Um, I, I feel the commentary is a little bit looser, a little bit less structured, and more like free they're free to react a little bit more free to say a little bit more I can of, see what, that. of what's going on in the ring um i feel like the reins are still pulled in on the wrestlers but i feel like they feel like they may have more control over the direction because it, get, it feels like more loops it feels like everyone's a little bit more like okay we're heading in a <coughs> in, in in this positive like wrestling direction and with Kevin Dunn being fired, I want to talk to you about that. Or not fired, let go. Um, even the production on Monday night was a little bit different. So going into 2024, how how do you think the production is going to be? Is there, is there going to be at leaps and bounds as far as production changes goes? Because opening the show with the commentators in the ring running down the card? Like what? 
that hasn't happened in 25 years. Like, yeah. is it going to be things like that that we're going to start seeing more and more of, do you think, now that uh, Dunn has been released? So we've all, like, so I worked with Kevin Dunn for, you know, several years. I was with, I was at the television studio for a couple, you know, seasons of that. And then I was uh, around him, obviously, when I was on the creative team and on WWF.com. But he, um, look, first and foremost, like, uh, to have the job he had for as many years as he Dude. had it and did, like, I mean, not only from going public, but also going from SD to HD, from going to uh, yeah. just lighting and like just the magnificent like freaking structures they had for their opens, like as as far as not, not only just uh, graphically on screen, but also just, you know, their their setup builds for their yeah. shows and stuff. Yeah. I mean, those things were a lot. His handprints on all that stuff, man. Yeah. And I know Cornette hates him and I know everybody does a, a Kevin Dunn impression that's never met him before, but he... uh Dude, to have that job, like, I, there's Ed Kosky is still in the writing team from when I was there. And, like, that was, he has been on that writing team for over 20 years. And to say that is like a thousand years in human years. I mean, that's like <laughs> dog years. It is crazy. <laughs> right. And Kevin Dunn was there even longer than that with his father being involved and then him getting hooked up with Vince. I do hate some of the things that he's done through the years. Like, I hate the, the movement of the camera oh. with the hits and stuff. But mm -hmm. I also know that some of that has to do with the shittiness of how people wrestle now and they don't look as real. So you sort of have to blind it by sort of doing some magic tricks with the camera. I can understand that. Um, but dude, like he just did so much for yeah. production. And I, I think he, I don't know who all is still there from when I was there, but he had a whole like gang of, um, you know, like sort of minions that came up underneath him who I'm assuming are taking over a lot of what he was doing. So I don't know how much it's drastically going to change, but I do think what you bring up a good point. They do. He, Kevin was not a traditional wrestling fan, so he yeah. did not give a shit about sort of presenting it in any kind of wrestling way. So like you said, like, I mean, he was anti he didn't like having crossover stuff. He didn't like having like invasion angles at ECW and that kind of stuff back in the day because he did, he thought it was all small time and no one knew the hell they were. He thought the same way about the NWA and stuff like that too. You know, he hated that kind of stuff. And so it got treated sort of poorly. Uh, but I think that, you know, when you, when you watch uh, nowadays, I, I think Triple H being more of a, uh, you know, craftsman of wrestling i think he's going to go back to that i mean that's how raw started every time in like 96 97 98 it was like coming up with the show and they'd have like the moving graphics and like who's going actually showing so up good. and i uh i don't know why that ever really went away but uh maybe they thought the spontaneity of not telling people it was on the show was better for ratings i'm not sure but uh that stuff might change but i don't know man i i liked kevin dunn i thought he was a smart oh, I'm not, dude i'm not and, i'm not um, i'm not shooting on anything he's no, done i'm not saying you are i think a lot of people a lot of people get the, a negative impression about him because he doesn't really talk about anything yeah. and you never hear from him <laughs> he doesn't defend himself uh and even though i love jim Cornette, man he just buries him so bad uh so they have a personal vendetta against each other but both of them in their own ways were super uh great at being involved in wrestling yeah, they, I I think Kevin Dunn, the great thing, I, I'm just saying, I'm hoping that with him being removed is now the opportunity for them to change things up because the production has been. I think of, it needs to. I yeah, mean, I think after 30 completely. years, dude, it's yes. like, it's not even just a matter. This is like changing a head coach after 20 years. You know, yes. it's like, yes. uh, you just need to change the scenery. You know, that's and great. I think, yes. uh, 
Yes. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, WWE has already lost. Like David Sahadi used to be like awesome at promos. Oh, yeah. Like he's, oh, yeah. he did all the old promos that everybody remembers in the 90s, you know, the Attitude Era, pre-Attitude Era. And like he did a great job. But I think after a while, uh, you know, we all like as a guy myself who did like video production stuff, you you have your own sort of feel of what you do. Yeah. I mean, as much as you try to like branch out and be something different, you sort of are what you are. So like. And you're good at what you, you're good at that thing, right? You're good. You you just need to change it up after a while. Yeah. Right. 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 So I'm hoping that in 2024, we get to see more of that. And because, and you hit on why I think Triple H is making the difference. He's keeping it sports entertainment, but he is a traditionalist in the fact that he loves pro wrestling in a certain thing. And I think he's going to try to mix the two. And I really, really look forward to seeing that transformation. So golf, with that being said, what do you think in your mind is going to be some of the standout matches of WrestleMania? We're talking about WrestleMania. That's the biggest show of the year in any company. The Wimbley, we'll get to the Wimbley and AEW in just a second. Um, what do you think are going to be some of the, or maybe just some of the matches that you want to see or that you see happening in uh, WrestleMania season? I mean, uh, I don't really know what the WrestleMania card is going to look like at this point. I mean, I know what everyone's saying that the main events are going to be Rollins and Punk and and Reigns and, uh, you know, Rock. And how's how is Cody going to get involved in that? Um, you know, I who knows how it's ever going to finish. I, I don't necessarily care about Punk Rollins. Do I see why they're going that off the get, you know, out of the gates? It's the way Rollins like flipped out when he came back. And, you know, how's what what's Randy Orton going to do? You know, like there's there's things that I there's so many questions like that. You have so many major players that have come back at the same time or returned yeah. or come back from injury yeah. or whatever that you're like, I don't know how they're all going to juggle this to make it uh, everyone happy. I mean, which is a really good problem to have. I remember when the NWO came back for WrestleMania 18, was it 17? 17. Um, It was weird. We didn't know who was going to wrestle who, you know, who was going to, was going to be Hogan Austin finally, but no, it was uh, Hogan. It was Hogan rock, obviously on 18. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of 18 is it was Oh two. So it was 18. It was Hogan rock. And then uh, uh, obviously Austin and the match that he hated against uh, Scott Hall. And uh, I believe Nash was hurt for that. I don't think he wrestled in that card, but yeah. Um, but you know, it was like, who's going to wrestle who it was so cool. Their matchups were endless. And I think punk, um, you know, punk to me is more entertaining outside matches than he is in matches just because, I mean, he can make any match feel like it's got something on it. So uh, I think, I mean, the punk, anybody punk reigns, punk, Punk, uh, is he going to go heel and punk Cody? Punk, uh, you know, I, I want to see, um, I, I would like to see like a, a throwback, like a punk Austin. I would just think Dude, it would be awesome to see that. I just, that's well, where, to me, that's where the money's at. That's where the money's at. If I'm booking WrestleMania, I'm saying punk Austin headlines one of the nights, whether it's So what's the one, story? Who's the best shit talker? I don't know. It doesn't I mean, matter. So- it, it's sort of the same. So, well, you had the you have the uh, infamous picture of like Punk when he was young, like, now getting an autograph from Stone Cold. I've seen that floating around, much similar to like Steen and Austin. So it's right. sort of the same story, you know. It's sort right. of like uh, it's sort of they sort of did that with Steen, where it's like uh, he I looked up to you, and now that you know we've but we've seen that through the years. It doesn't matter what the story is. I think just those names alone would uh, would make it a like something you had to watch. Um, do the promos I don't know if Austin can do it the promos dude going into that oh like that one video game thing they did where jim ross was moderating them yeah. it, 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 years and years ago and it was like they were like work it seemed like they were trying to work towards something 
so freaking good because punk can talk. Austin was doing his whole, by the way, I got to recommend something. I don't know if you guys have seen it in years and years. Go back and watch when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was getting punked on that show. MTV's punked. Yeah. yeah. It is so good. I don't that guy, that sure. actor that Stone Cold was giving a tongue lashing to was pissing his pants. Cause Austin was like, he, he was not playing around. He's like, you're a stupid son of a bitch. Aren't you? And he was just like, Oh, I don't know. Like, and like, like just the way anyways, um, I, I think, I think this has potential golf to be the biggest WrestleMania in a long time. Oh gosh. I was actually shocked at how, like, you know, I thought last year's WrestleMania was pretty damn good. And I was shocked I, yeah. because I, I didn't think there was any hope of it being good. Um, and maybe it was just like from a couple years of COVID, it was like, oh, finally a decent one. But, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm actually always shocked when they can put a, together a really good card nowadays right. with, with people that they've, you know, built up over the last 10 years, uh, without bringing people back. And now that they can bring some people back now, I think it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm looking forward just like, you know, people that don't necessarily watch like myself, I don't watch uh, WWE religiously like I once did. So from for to pull back people like me to want to watch you know punk versus whoever yeah. or even the rock coming back or, or randy orton people that were there 20 years ago that you're like oh they're still there well, who's he facing i want to see that um yeah i'm looking forward to that chicken and rice randy orton the rock lots of chicken lots of rice <laughs> and zach efron and and aj styles chicken and rice. oh yeah he's big too dude yeah. he was looking super jacked all right let's do this a different way let's do this a different way okay because i really want to lay down some firm firm predictions firm project predictions Goff, who's winning the royal rumble pick a name let's not pontificate about it uh randy orton name. randy orton women's uh royal rumble who's winning <laughs> um let me see. Sarah Del Rey. <laughs> she doesn't wrestle anymore, God. Uh, Nikita Lyons. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. She's not going to win it. Uh, all right, well, give me a serious one. Give me a serious one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I yeah, Just let, let's come on. Bianca Belair. Okay, great. Awesome. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to stay with CM Punk. No, actually, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Cody wins the Royal Rumble. I think that makes yeah. sense because then he can play play his hand somewhere. So I'm going to say Cody wins the Royal Rumble. I'm going to say um, I'm going to say uh, I want to say a dark horse is going to win the female uh, Royal Rumble, but I'm just going to stick with an old favorite. I think it's going to be someone that's tried and true uh, that's going to go on and take on Rhea Ripley. I think it's going to be like. Somebody probably, uh, what's that girl that just came back? Kari Singh. I'm going to say Kari Singh wins the 2024 Women's Royal Rumble. Okay. okay. Going on to WrestleMania. Who's headlining night one? Who's headlining night two? Goff. Uh, well, night two will be Rock Reigns. Okay. And night one will be... Um, hmm. I'm trying to decide, like, so based on the Cody Rhodes theory of him basically winning the Rumble, are they going to do something where um, he gets to face the winner of night one on night two or something? Yeah, like that? see, that's where um, I was going to go. Yeah. So I would think it would be like, okay, you got Punk Rollins. Let's go with that. Okay. And then Cody gets the winner of Rock Reigns and then beats Reigns after Reigns beats Rock. Let's go that. Nice. I like that. I was actually thinking of something really similar. I was going to think – 
Night one, Rock softens up Reigns by beating him. Night two, because Reigns wants to prove he's a, he's the champion. He's going to fight for the head of the table night one for the championship night two. Cody beats him night two. That's you don't think they're going to do like uh, a WrestleMania nine where, um, you know, Reigns beats Rock and he's like, I'll take on anybody. And then he calls out Cody, and Cody hobbles out and beats him. Like, uh, well, that's kind that's kind of what I'm saying, but not in the same night. Not I in think... the same night. I'm thinking same night. Oh, okay, okay. I think Reigns goes over the Rock first of all in night one, and then he's like, I I'm on top of the world, blah blah blah. And then yeah, somehow by hook or by crook, it ends up with Reigns and Cody night two. Cody finally gets the the due, and uh, you know. Uh, but I will say I am hoping for Austin and CM Punk and on the undercard, I'm hoping for Brock versus Gunther more than most matches. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool to see Gunther. Brock. Uh, I would hope that if they were going to do Austin Punk, that Austin would start getting involved like Soon. at least by the end of the month. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it has to yeah. be by rumble, you know, yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, is talk about fantasy booking here. So if you're at the rumble and, uh, punk starts making some comments about whatever, he's the greatest or whatever. And then he's about to win the rumble and Austin comes out and screws him for it or something. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, something like that. Maybe he just walks out and sort of like, doesn't do anything, but sort of gets his attention and that causes him to lose a rumble. And that leads to their match. I, I don't know. That I I don't I think we're asking for too much to bring back Rock and Austin at the same WrestleMania, but um you know they could probably space that out a little bit. But here's my problem with spacing shit out. Usually it doesn't happen. Yes, <laughs> because you know how many times you're like, well we were doing Rock Hogan because we were gonna build to Hogan Austin. I'm like, well that never fucking happened. So that's right. Uh, so you sort of have to strike when the iron's hot with the uh, wrestling, because no matter, for whatever reason, shit doesn't seem to last another year. But that, but that's why I'm kind of thinking that the iron is hot right now for punk and Austin, right? Like it's the returns, it's the returns, it's the returns. If they try to do it next year, I just don't think it'll land the same way it will. This it, year it won't, it won't, but I mean like, uh, I will say this as as a member of the creative team, you have to worry. Uh, one of the things that people never put into consideration here is uh, worrying about pissing off other people because you're bringing yeah. back six old guys and, and like Rollins doesn't get his shot or, you know, Randy Orton doesn't get his shot, even though he's a considered an old guy now, but uh, you know, just th- the guys that are yeah, there, every yeah, yeah. you have to be careful of that, which yeah. is why this usually doesn't happen. Yeah. All right, so going forward, who is going to be the breakout star in any promotion, AEW or otherwise, that's going to make a huge, huge impact this year? Man, I at some point, uh, Austin Theory is going to break out. Okay, uh, great choice. Gonna be like, uh, he's going to be a star to at a high level. I, I feel like they're just not doing it because he's young. Um, and, I mean, Gunther is ascending. Uh, he's going to continue to go up. Um, you know, I don't know if that's really a breakout star being what he is with the IC title and everything, but I, he's, uh, he's definitely going to be, I would, I would find this year to be the year that Gunther ascends to the heavyweight level, uh, especially if Reigns takes an extended period of time off or if he just sort of ends up being like, I'm going to go try to act or something like rock and I'm going to come back uh, a couple of times a year and that's it. Like you're going to have to uh, have some other big heels and Gunther's perfect for that. 
Damian Priest. Yeah. It's his time. I He's think getting 20- up there in age too. Yeah, I think 2024 is going to be his year. He, I, I think, uh, honestly, I think the Judgment Day is great. The more I watch him, the more I love him. How Rhea's kind of the leader, actually. But Dom is the good comedy foil, traditional heel. And then you got Damian Priest, the cocky, arrogant heel. Then you got Finn, who's kind of in the middle of all of it, who's kind of the leader, but kind of not. I think their faction gets better and better. I really do enjoy the Judgment Day stuff. I used to think it was cheesy when edge was in it and stuff and honestly it was and they've kind of made it their own thing now so i think it this year is the it could be the year of dominic mysterio too i used to not like the guy i used to think oh my god like really this gangly kid thinks he's gonna be something like his dad he's not trying to be his dad first of all second of all i think he's got a lot of heel potential he really the i I don't know. There's something about him that's getting better and better. I really see big things for um, both of those guys in the Judgment Day. I agree with you about Gunther. If I was going to choose anybody, it would be Gunther. But he's already like on the top, almost the top of the le- You know what I mean? There's not really an ascension. I just mean uh, the heavyweight title field. I mean, yeah. they've been sort of yeah. holding him out for a while now. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. What's the status on Braun Breaker? <sighs> I don't see it. I don't get it. He's too big of a monster, though, just size wise, not to get pushed to the to the. Oh, top he'll be in the rumble. Point. He'll be in the rumble um, for sure. I mean, he'll like, be in the rumble. I don't really, I don't understand like what has stunted him up to this point. Um, you know, but we'll we'll see. Uh, I I he, I I just uh, I think he's a big. I think I look at him and I see Ryback. You know what I mean? Like well, just don't kind of curse like, him like that. I mean, well, just like on. a big guy that just is a big guy, and but he can do some cool shit. And like, I mean, promos, you know, the Steiners were known for promos, um, uh, you know, which is another reason why I think, uh, you know, LOD doesn't get a lot of attention from me on promos either because screaming well is not exactly, and what a rush isn't really going to put you on my map of freaking, Mm. uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you son of a bitch, not that Bill Eady and, uh, Barry, I was going to say, but, uh, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, Darso and Edie could scream out a promo though. Animal, not so much. Anyway, go ahead. Hawk was actually really good at times because he was he he was he was wired. Yeah, well, that the the, the, Edie and Darso didn't have nose candy fuel, so like that's but dude, but but Paul Ellering was the secret sauce to that. He made those he made the interviews better. Why are we debating this? We're gonna hold this off until you and my brother go head toe to toe at the winery. Um. So, uh, all right. So we t- took a break out star. Let's talk about AEW. We're going to wrap this up. I don't have a lot to say about AEW. I think it's the Titanic. Yep. I said it. Me personally. You think it's gone soon, right? You think you get a timetable of AEW? I, I do give it a timetable. It's not going to be gone soon enough, uh, which kind of sucks to say. I do want to see people. I want to see people work. I want to see AEW succeed. But it's got to change dramatically in order for that to happen. I want to see my friends get contracts. I want to see all of that stuff happen. I want to see them as great as they were that I thought a year ago. But they have a lot of things going against them right now. I'm putting a time limit on it. It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. I'm going to say 2026 is when daddy cuts off the money and they're going to start uh they're going to start wrapping up. I'm going to say about 2 to 3 years and AEW is going to be done. And I don't want that. Let me make that perfectly clear. I do not want that. I want I want all my friends 
who haven't made it to WWE yet to 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 make good money in AEW. I just don't see it happening unless big things start to change. Well, despite the Seidel family loving the cons and thinking they can do no wrong, I do think that they're not exactly lighting the world on fire anymore. They got a lot of like um a lot of like being in retail now, I can tell you like the first year or two of any business, you get a lot of uh, sympathy, uh, you know, like congratulations and happiness and fervor, you know, when you start a company, right. especially at the level he did with the amount and like the people and all this stuff, like it got a lot of like attention early on. And just the last, gosh, man, this, I, it's so funny that they we've discussed this. They they blame Punk for shit still happening there, which is hilarious. Whether it's Jericho melting down or all this dumb oh. shit happening, I mean it's all it's all Punk's fault. We haven't talked but, about Jericho yet. No, we Dang can it. talk about that. It's not take much to talk about his career, but uh, we uh, I just don't think that. Um, I mean, Tony's in it for the long run. It's it's going to have to take like his dad or somebody pulling the plug or maybe like Warner Brothers Discovery saying like, we don't want this. And I don't necessarily see this going to happen anytime soon because TV content is so hard to come by on something like this, like a weekly serial show that they can put on their air. So I just I think it's going to last a while, but I think it's just going to continue to plummet uh, as for, until he decides to get a little help. But here, as I've dis- discussed with you before, Gabe, like I don't blame Tony for wanting to book the show that he's putting millions and millions of dollars in. Cause you don't get into wrestling yeah. as an investor to make a bunch of money. You get into wrestling, uh, except unless you're Vince McMahon, but anyone else gets into wrestling to basically run the show or be a television star right. or right. says a vanity project. I mean, that's right. what wrestling's about. So when people are like, He's so stupid. He needs to put the book down and the pencil down and have someone else come in. They need Buck Robley to come in and book this shit for him. Like, okay, well, the problem is, uh, yeah, he's dead anyway. But the problem (laughs) is, is that he, um, what he's doing this because he wants to be the booker. He's not doing it because he wants to fucking have someone else come in and do all his shit and him watch it with popcorn and his suite. He wants to be involved heavily and I don't blame him. I mean, like who who else wants to not be involved? If you're right, everyone wants to be a wrestling writer and put their fantasies on paper and have people wrestle that they never thought they could at their little action figures. I I get it. So um, he's going to be able to do that till he wants. I mean, he's got plenty of money. So I, I, I don't know what's going to have to happen. Maybe a couple really bad scandals, and maybe the Jericho is the first of many. I don't know. But uh, I don't consider the punk thing a scandal. It was basically a fight that got blown out of proportion. Tony took the wrong side. Uh, I still don't understand. Like, the Bucks basically do nothing now. I, I guess they realize either Tony realizes or Bucks realize that they need to, like, go away for a while, basically, for the most part. But, I mean, it's I, I think it's going to take a couple really bad scandals for – um, this to fall down. And by the way, we haven't heard much of Mega. I, I don't think Mega works for the company anymore. I think she works for only the Jaguars now. So the the uh, the acclaimed uh, great, you know, personal attorney of the AEW, I don't think actually works there anymore. Uh, so are you saying back to what you were saying about uh, you know, being the Booker? So when Major gave you a bunch of money and said book this promotion, you did the same thing and you ran it into the ground. Yeah, no, I was, I was like, please, uh, if you want to make ten million dollars with me, start with a hundred million, and then I'll do just that for you. I'll take. I've got a few guys you can book to help you start the trajectory into the ground. I said, hey, I got a bunch of uh, low-level guys that you should buy them stagecoach boots for, and then they should walk away and go wrestle in front of twenty people. But 
Anyway, no, that's not how it went at all. But um, um, no. Uh, uh, no uh, so I, th- I listen. I think their next Wembley show, I want it to be a success. And I think that's where they should use this point. There's only so many knocks on the head you can take or hopefully can take before you go, hey, something's got to change. Their attendance isn't great. The ratings aren't great. So what is going to have to happen this year, Mr. Khan, for you to realize that something's got to change dramatically? I'm not saying you have to give up the book or anything like that or whatever. What I'm saying is what your formula that you're working with right now is obviously not working. Use Wembley as a good restart. Stop hiring ex-WWE cast-offs. Start building your own thing your own niche that's not honestly based on death matches and blood while yes that does set you apart but it also makes you seem low class and low rent stop catering to all the indie people you know start running your company like a television company start thinking outside the box because right now all they are is an elevated tna with better tv exposure that's it that's it you know what i mean and like more money spent on payroll so, like, I want them to succeed. I don't think this is going to be a good year for AEW, but I do hope it is. So that's my prediction. Like, my I prediction. Like Tony was uh, Tony is just another. He, he reminds me of so many indie independent promoter indie promoters that um, when he started the company, he didn't really have any understanding of what wrestlers made money wise. So right. basically, he. Uh, went to somebody that realized that they could milk him for money and said, oh yeah hey how much should i pay a a guy off the indies full time here and they're like at least a hundred thousand dollars like okay and so i mean that's what indie promoters that they you get yeah. taken advantage of and they're like hey you're a manager how much should i pay you uh you know just I'll, for you 300 uh, okay and so um so those people don't last long and just tony has a lot of money though that's that's it so I felt like uh, based on the uh, the number uh, and the salaries that I was told that some of those guys are making, like a Joey Janela, uh, he was p- overpaying these guys by such a dramatic uh, amount that um, maybe he's learned from that. I mean, he's had a couple people leave, like the, the Kevin Sullivan, not Taskmaster, but I worked with <laughs> Kevin Sullivan at WWF, and he was a very good video editor, but obviously they wanted to change there. Um you know, uh, Raphael Morphy, I worked with him at WWE. Yeah. He did, uh, he yeah. did a lot of like travel and, um, promotion work, marketing, live events, did that kind of stuff. He, uh, he's leaving. And so maybe that's because he wasn't doing a job. Maybe this is all Tony trying to like, you know, freshen things up and going in a better direction. You know, it could be yeah. that, yeah. uh, he's forced to sort of have to look at the structure of his company. I mean, uh, you saw the Bucks' wife, uh, you know, uh, Matt Jackson's wife is gone. Uh, that's probably a move in the right direction as far as how much merch money they're leaving on the table. So, you know, there, there's things that he's doing now to try to help. So maybe that will help. But I do think uh, ultimately it comes down in wrestling to most of the time to creative. And, um, you know, up to this point, uh, he has gotten some people over, you know, like the Darby's, the Orange yes. Cassidy's, yes. and the uh, MJF's. These guys have been stars for him, not stars on the level of a WWF, but stars on a level that are, you know, not bad. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, MJF is a guy I'm really curious when or if he goes to WWF, uh, how different he will be. I mean, he is a smaller guy. <laughs> you know, he is he is a tiny dude. Um, he's muscular, but he's short. He so, he said that um, in his little. I don't know if you read his little blog. He was like, he's like, Wikipedia has me at five eleven. He goes, guys, I'm five eight. 
Yeah, like, I mean, he, he's look, like, and I, it doesn't matter. There's been a lot of like big stars that are under six foot tall. It's not like it doesn't right. exist. But right. um, I'm curious, like when booked and on a level like WWE, how he would come across, especially a sniv- you know, sniveling like uh, elitist, uh, you know, sort of persona he started off in AEW with. I feel like that would go over like gangbusters at WWE if if done properly, and that's the problem. If done properly, which they usually don't do at AEW. Yeah, and that, and dude, the devil thing. I don't don't make me go off about how poorly yeah, executed. I mean, that was. You you can't do any uh, exciting reveals now unless it's going to be someone like CM Punk or somebody because otherwise it's just it, it, it's going to be a huge letdown. I mean, it's not just that. It was the fact that so the 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 devil, quote unquote, the main guy, and that he's injured. MJF's injured, so you're not going to get a payoff with this for. A while, so yeah. I don't know. It's just you know, it, how many reveals ever work out, dude. Like, uh, remember when? Gosh, I, I know we all remember when Vince was uh, unveiled as the uh, the the man under the hood there, and uh, you know when what was his title? Um, I'm blanking. When he when he's like, ah, it was me, Austin. It was, oh, me, it was all me. It was me the whole time. And, yeah. What was the name of the gimmick? I'm trying forgetting oh, the uh, freaking. I'm for, I'm blanking, but. When he was the uh the guy, man, it was running rampant in the offices. Uh who was gonna it was gonna be Jake the Snake. He's gonna be the million dollar man. I mean, there was a ton of people. And so when it actually was Vince, which was logical, but like was also a letdown based on all the yeah. other names, even even though history is rewritten the uh even though history is rewritten sort of the end of that, um, like it was it was a letdown. People were pissed. It was actually Vince. So, and that was when everything was uh, great because it was during the Attitude Era. So, no matter how shitty it was, it would still be good. <laughs> but right. nowadays, you can't get away with that. Yeah, I think I, I, yeah. There's there. I just I want them to do better. Just do. I am ready to come back AEW. And no matter how many guys you have that are Japanese standouts that you want to have seven star classics, that's just not going to be the needle mover you think it is it's going to move the needle for a select number of people if you want to be real needle movers have chris run it into the ground by giving him <laughs> the money by the way vince was the higher power that was what it was oh that's power. right that's right that's right i could not remember that it pisses me off couldn't remember that higher power vince again um let's talk before we go let's yeah. briefly talk about chris jericho yeah the meltdown of all drunken meltdowns chris jericho seems to get a lot of um i don't know if his liquid courage or what's going on when like i think i feel like when he this always happens around the holidays so i feel like he's bored at home waiting for his Hammered. children to, to watch their uh, you know, new presents and open them up and stuff and he just gets annoyed that he's not on the road with Fozzie or whatever so he starts just like it just typing hammered. shit against other people maybe he's hammered maybe he's high i don't know um but um have you seen his face that's that's a drinking face he's a drinker he's <laughs> well a drinker. you would you're a expert at I would, you are takes a, one to know one brother I, i'm not Back saying you're that you were a uh you were a, a counselor so you would know I that was, is what i, I meant and i was a drunk um, for for a long time for a long time but he well that then maybe you should know about this i don't know if it's drugs or alcohol that make uh that what happens when a guy's tip of his nose is red Boots, he's gonna have a heart gin. attack gin so uh particularly vince gin. has had vince mcmahon has had a red nose for like 20 years and i'm always like is he gonna drop dead and he's still alive same yeah. with same with flair so i, I don't get it anyway uh, well, how much more time does flair have let's be real well 10 years ago i wouldn't have said 10 years so i don't know uh jericho though um 
him starting a fight with our friend Ace Steel and Lucy Mendez and calling them uh, despicable or disrespectful, disgusting. disgusting, disgusting. That's what it was. Yeah. Disgusting was uh, laughable at the very least. Like uh, our friends Lucy and Ace, Lucy being in the room, she has personally said that the only people in the room were her and Punk, who were both injured at that point. I've Larry, his his arm, and Larry, that the dog, that was it. So for Jericho to sit there and say he was there, it's a bunch of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. So why would he want to even start that fight? It doesn't even seem logical at all. And why why would you want to call why would you want to start a fight with Stephen P. New? Like this guy gets more Stephen P. New gets more credibility as it goes on just by doing nothing, which is funny. I it, it was because of what we know. Because yes. of what we know, I it it just I was like, and, and what he's even said, and what other people have said, the the eyewitness accounts that have slipped out, like wasn't Jericho like finishing up his press conference when they're like, hey Tony, something's going on in the locker room. You can't. Jericho has the Jericho has the sort of uh, mo of being the shit stir up the ass of Tony. And when anything is happening, he likes to sort of lurk around the corner to see. So I can see why he can sort of like act like he was there because he sort of has the, the, you know, the, the identity of a person that's sort of always like sort of lurking in the corner where watching the, you know, throwing a grenade or watching it go down and sort of reporting back to Tony's ass or whatever. But, uh, that's the, he was not there when it actually all went down and started. So that's why I don't understand why he's actually writing about this and why he's, uh, up, uh, Stephen P news ass about it, about an NDA, which all the rumors flying about Kylie and, uh, the NDAs that he has people sign when they have sex with him, allegedly. I mean, there's so many things out there about this that it's like, why would you want to open freaking Pandora's box, you know? Because when you get that level of quote-unquote fame, you think you're untouchable. And I think that's what's happened with Jericho. And honestly, like, here's the thing. The thing that's most disturbing about this, I thought this was going to be a dog pile after the Kylie Ray thing. Like her basically insinuating, which she hasn't come out and said it, not that I know of at least, basically insinuating the reason why she left AEW was a Jericho uh, pass that he made at her in a hotel room. Um, allegedly. We always have to say allegedly. Allegedly made a pass in a hotel room, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the thing that's disturbing is we are now four or five days removed from that. And it hasn't really snowballed the way you think it would have. Because usually once the dog pile starts, especially in the age of social media, it's bata, bata, bata. And it's kind of died off a little bit. So not that I want Jericho to be accused and get in trouble and all this kind of stuff, but I think this one is going to go away. I really do. Well, I mean, it, it it's happened before where it goes, it comes and goes away with other people. I mean, I thought I thought Cornette was going to get canceled at one point. Remember that when oh, when yeah. they started sort of the the hot tub stuff, and the hot the tub stuff. Talk, yeah, like I thought, are they going to just continue to jump on this? And it sort of it 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 went away. Well, you so, know how it uh, went away. He came on. He literally went on his podcast and said, "Yeah, this is what the this is the fact. These are the facts. Yeah, yeah." He's like, um, "We have we have consensual in interlobe." things with people all the time yeah he wasn't he said he wasn't grooming people i remember all that it, it was yeah. just it, but it doesn't really matter you know how it worked in the age of like cancel culture it was like it doesn't your explanation it means absolutely nothing you're yeah. already canceled so it doesn't matter but that's sort of the cancel culture stuff is sort of going away 
Like, uh, you know, as far as like uh, the the posse circling and you're dead within two days, that was going on for like a year. And I feel like it's sort of gone now. (laughs) Longer. Uh, Well, I just say it's a height. Well, yeah, that's true. Now everybody's focused on whether the world's going to blow up or not and who's going to win the 2024 election. Yeah. Gender is what and all that. People People have turned their focus into different things now. But again, how do I put the Yeah. How do I how do I put this? Like Jericho is uh has a reputation, and sometimes reputations catch up with you. Yeah. And so, and especially when you open the door to let people in, like he yes. is, uh, by by tweeting that stuff. And like if you if you say enough stuff from the top of the mountain and you act like you're perfect in a world uh, that we live in now, someone they will they will find stuff about you and your wife. I mean, all the rumors of her being at the January sixth insurrection and and uh, all this stuff that will continue to come out about him. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of it's true. It's just uh like, why would you want to, um, you know, ask for that? But who knows? Kids, don't drink and tweet or X, whatever, <laughs> no whatever they call it. Not. Don't drink an X or whatever. I don't know what you call it now when you... X back in my day was different than tweeting. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap this up. We sure had a lot of fun uh, break it, chopping it up and breaking it down, giving you guys an extra long episode today. I think it's going to be close to an hour and 45 minutes of, of me and Chris pontificating about the future of professional wrestling. But I want to say thank you so much to everybody who listens to our podcast. Give it a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcasting at. Look us up at Worst Wrestling on Facebook. Leave us a comment. uh, Give us a like or a follow on that. Um, Really helps out. uh, Get the word out of the podcast. Um, 2024, I don't know what's going to happen with us, Chris. We're always going to be best friends. Best friends. Of course, besties. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we, you know where this podcast is going, what direction it's going to. I like doing this. I know we're going to continue to do it in some way, shape, or form. Frequency to be determined. But I, I, I really love doing this podcast with you. Uh, I hope everyone Amen. out there has a uh, wonderful uh, 2024. I really think this is going to be a great year. Um, and if you don't think that, you're probably one of those people that post at the ev- at the end of every year, this year really sucked, this, but this next year is going to be my year. And then you post <laughs> how that, that previous year was when you get to the end of it. Um, the year, the, your life is what you make it. So make the best of it. Chris, what's going on at the Peculiar Winery uh, coming no, up? Well, we're just reopening now. January okay. is always a crappy month. So it's the worst month of the year. Okay. So I'm looking forward to getting uh, all my events planned this month and uh, moving forward. But yeah, um, uh, but if I'm looking for a house, what would I do? Hey, Chris, I'm so glad you mentioned that. The market is changing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I would love to tell you all about it. It is switching into a buyer's market now. The interest rates should be coming down, God willing. I think 2024 is going to be a great year uh, for buyers and a better year than you would expect for sellers. But if you want your real estate needs met, I'd be happy to be the guy to do that. Give me a text, area code 661-236-9055. Or you can go to my website, benmiller.realestate. Chris, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with me. Um, I will see you in the very near future. I do need to come out to the winery once it's up and running again. We should have an NWL reunion and... uh, get everybody out there who's in in town so that means me you and dak and maybe moonshine <laughs> well you got wyatt and strider oh yeah uh, we got a couple more brothers will probably show up uh maybe ken dharma yeah stuff like that 
Keep those memes coming. All right, boys. We will talk to you later. For Chris Goff, I'm Ben Miller slash Gabe Miller. We'll see you next time where we will choose to talk about the worst territory in the world. Goodbye, everybody.